0: Kia ora, I'm Andrew Whiteside. Today I'm talking with actor and singer Hayden T. He's performed in many of the great musicals in Australia, New York and London. He's now back home in New Zealand and he's about to launch a theatre show called Bad Guy. We talk about that, obviously, but we also talk about his journey to discover his Māori heritage uh, and that includes embracing the word for queer people called takatāpui and we also talk about how he built his own tiny house. Hayden T, really nice to talk to you.
1: Lovely to talk to you too.
0: Can you believe it's been two years, just over two years, you, we talked the last time, November 2019, you were here in my studio uh, talking about um, Les Miserables, which you were just about to open in.
1: Yes, I remember it very well.
0: And now, because of COVID, we're having to do it via phone.
1: I know. I mean, the 1st start, can I believe it's two years? I've lost all sense of time in this pandemic. Yeah, so, me too. Um, it could have been two weeks. It could have been 10 years. It's, it,
0: it's really it's really strange, isn't it, how that has worked? I, I have lost all track of time. Things that I think were a couple of months ago are over a year ago now. It's just so weird. So what, what's COVID been like for you? I, I imagine quite, quite frustrating.
1: Don't get me wrong. It has definitely been frustrating at times, obviously, you know, majority of my work over the last two years has been um, cancelled but there have been some real um, plus sides to this pandemic as well. My pandemic project has actually been building my own tiny house, um, which I'm now living in. I moved in in um, late November so it took pretty much, well we're not through the pandemic yet, but it took majority of the pandemic to build it. I'm not a builder, I mean, we're bats. I guess I don't don't look like I could handle a hammer. And to be honest, before I did this, I didn't know what I was doing at all. Um, But as it turns out, you can learn a lot on YouTube.
0: Yeah, and there's some great DIY stuff there. Although you're a braver man than me because I don't think I – you know, I don't think I could do that. I, I remember doing woodwork in school and just cocking up everything, even a cheese board I screwed up, you know, in woodworking. So, yeah, you're good Good for you.
1: I, I was that person too. I believe in you. I believe you could do this. The thing is, when, it, when the pandemic comes along and you aren't used to being in New Zealand and you end up living with your sister and your parents the entire time, you end up building a house.
0: Yeah, and and quickly, very quickly. Yeah, quickly. Got,
1: got, got to get this up, got to get this up quickly.
0: Um yeah. I, I, let, let's talk about that tiny house a little bit later if you don't mind because we really should you, your, your publicist will be very inb- annoyed with me if we oh don't. I
1: know that was my cue to go <laughs> I wrote a show wasn't it <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was what, you were leading so beautifully into that I know. the other thing I did through the pandemic was write a show call yes. guy um, my musical director Nigel O'Brien who lives in Sydney uh, obviously you know his, his work stopped as well so we spent uh, weekly zooms um you know, often with a vodka in hand and uh, and we wrote the show over the pandemic. So that's um that's been our, our creative outlet.
0: Now it's described as a musical flirtation with the devil. That sounds really sinister.
1: It is a little bit sinister, but I guess not the overall the arc of the show certainly isn't. I mean, I've always been cast as the bad guy, as the villain, as the antagonist, always. And I kind of wanted to unpack the reasons why, because I'm quite a jovial, fun person. You I'm seem not to be particularly yeah. dark at all. I mean, don't get me wrong, I can throw a tantrum, and, but um, but it's not. Makes me sound like a diva, doesn't it? But I'm not. A, I'm definitely not a bad person. I'm very proud of the good person that I am. So I was casted these these bad guys, and I was trying to kind of unpack that and figure it out, and in the process of that um, kind of realised that part of the reason why I've been cast as this is you know, obviously I, I kind of have access to my Ngati Kaha Nunu and Tsufaritoa Warrior, which I kind of tap into mm-hmm. and but it's also things like um, like gay coding, which is, you know, from the 30s through to the 60s um, the Hayes Code, where basically um, anything in film could not be Um, seen as illegal or immoral unless it was met with a timely demise. And of course, homosexuality was at the time seen as immoral. So the only way that writers and film directors could put any kind of LGBTQIA slant on a character as if they were the the villain and then met a timely demise. So I think that's had a lot to do with one of the reasons why I've um, kind of ended up being typecast as the villain as well. Um, But you have to come and see the show to see the whole reason why.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. But I think there's something, though, about villains that we, as an audience, we'd love to hate. And I know certainly performers have always told me I really love playing the villain. It's not me, but there's something to to be able to tap into something that's really quite quite dark in the human psyche is really satisfying. And I was just thinking, um, one of the characters, obviously, you're going to cover is Miss Trunchbull from Matilda. And I can remember the last time I saw that production, the, the actor playing that role came on stage and got almost the loudest cheer. So even though she was an absolute bitch and horrible, the fact that the actor had portrayed her in a certain way resonated with the audience. So what's going on
1: there? People love to love the baddie. You know, at the end of the day, we've all got a little bit of good and a little bit of bad in us, or maybe not good or bad, maybe a little bit naughty or nice. <laughs> you know, um, we've all got those, that dichotomy inside us. And the thing is about a, a villain or an antagonist is that they're, they're just they're 100% committed to their objective. Yes. Um, and in that, it is just that that's appealing, I think. I think we as human beings love to watch um, things that when people just kind of give over to, to, I don't want to use the word desires, but give over to their, to their objective. And that's kind of, that's kind of villains. We love to, love to hate them.
0: So long as they get Um, their comeuppance. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, um, so just a a little bit more about the show in terms of, uh, is, is there a story arc to it? You're bringing various different characters to life during it.
1: But I guess the overall arc of the show, there is a bit of an arc, but it's, it, we cover a lot of musical theatre. We also cover um, pop songs like, obviously, Billie Eilish's Bad Guy, um, a little bit of Imagining Dragons. We've also got um, some New Zealand pop content with Crowded House and The Finns and, um, and also a Dave Dobbins song, which is being translated into Te Reo. Um, so it's really – we do cover the whole spectrum. But the overall arc of the show, I guess, is – Taking, taking the, the, the inner bad guy and the inner good guy to trial um, and finding out that we actually kind of really do need the, our inner bad guy, all of us, because that's, the, that's that little inner saboteur, that little voice that kind of as much as it can really, as I say, saboteur, sabotage us. It's also our inner critique. Without that little voice going, you know, that's not good enough, we wouldn't grow and push ourselves further and push ourselves to be better and evolve. Um, so it's kind of the arc of it is accepting Excepting out and a bad guy
0: and I guess also you know nice guys get walked over if you if you're too exactly. nice you will get stomped on because it's a dog eat dog world out there
1: it is it certainly is <laughs> I think it's balance I think it's balance otherwise it's all uh, the, we're flatline you know what mm, I mean we need mm. the topography. yeah and I just I also think that good and bad is such an interesting concept like if there's two sides to every um you know argument war whatever there's obviously depending on perspective, one is good, one is bad. But really good is just the preferred outcome and bad is just the not preferred outcome because it's just effective. It's not who can definitively I mean obviously in some instances we can say that is bad. But um I don't know. I think we like to as a human race um find a scapegoat, blame people and demonize people and the shows just kind of unpacks that
0: do you have of a, a, you've played a number of villains. Do you have a favourite?
1: Well, transport that you mentioned is favourite. However, like incredibly difficult. That's the most challenging role I've ever played, mostly because of the physicality um, and the gymnastics and physically throwing a kid, you know kid around by her pigtails um, is a lot eight times a week. But my favourite will probably be Javert in Les Mis, just because I spent five and a half years with him and he's so he's not a villain. He's such an antagonist and in another world from another perspective. I mean, it's a perfect example of a perspective of perspective. You know, he's actually in the right. Um, Valjean does steal a little bit. Valjean does break parole. And Javier's not privy to all of the good stuff that Valjean does. So he's actually just doing what he believes is right. That's not it. There's nothing villainous about him. Um, and that's a really interesting um, character to play. Another one would be Edward Rutledge from 1776 because he's incredibly hypocritical. And I don't beli- um, agree with anything he says except for the fact that he's anti. Um, hypocrite, if that makes sense. So he's Mm. pro-slavery, which of course I don't agree with, but his argument in 1776, the show, is that because of the the triangle trade, that the north uh, of America, the states that were trying to abolish slavery, also benefited by selling Bibles and rum and sugar cane. So they were quite happy to go along with it as long as they publicly denounced it but behind the scenes reaped the rewards of it and that's a hard thing because what happens when you have a villain head? you're like obviously I don't agree with your fundamental um, what your character is about and your beliefs but you make an interesting point here and I think that confronting as an audience as well because so you're like oh, i shouldn't be agreeing with this person on any
0: level <laughs> exactly and and well morality is shades of gray isn't it there's there's never isn't a, it? there's never anything so definitive about it yeah you've been um embracing your takatapui identity and you uh, whakapapa to nāti kahunu incidentally my uh, my husband whakapapa's to that same iwi um th- on his mother's side so yeah a uh, little bit of connection one, so, so what's that what's that journey been like for you
1: it's um it's been wonderful actually and and I have to say um you know my father was adopted so it's been quite late in my sister and my and our our lives that we have um really embraced that side of the family gone and met with them researched the papa um um everything um, and it's been amazing for me because as a like I mentioned before the gay coding uh, through history and as a gay man. With through colonization, obviously um, Henry VIII was the first to introduce a criminalising homosexuality act in 1533, which was criminalising buggery, and that spread all over the world. To so today, the 72 countries in the world where it's illegal to be gay, 49 of those are, are from colonization. What an amazing legacy, not <laughs> exactly. um, But the the realisation for me and only recently, really since the pandemic and coming home, I'm embarrassed to say because I've I've had the time to kind of jump into my heritage and culture, is this discovery that pre-colonisation, Māori people not only welcomed and acknowledged um, takatāpui, which would translate to LGBTQIA+, all those wonderful um, hard-fought-for letters, but those letters that kind of delineate us and categorise us, this one glorious word encapsulates all of that. And we were not only welcomed and acknowledged, but celebrated pre-colonisation and that's just been so comforting to me especially last last year during the, the all the debate around the conversion therapy bill which I mean you, you, we're of a similar era I, I'm sure you may have also been triggered by that remembering conversations back in 1986 when I was six years old when, that we, they, when they were discussing and debating decriminalising homosexuality and I was quite triggered going this is exactly that same I remember those conversations around my family dinner table you know well, what does that mean? Oh, well, that's, you know, that they, um, all gay people were associated with being pedophiles was the argument at the time. And that vote in 86 only passed 49 to 44 but exactly. which yep. is just horrific when you think about it. Um, so I was quite triggered by that. But the thing is, and that's why I, one of the reasons why I wanted to do this show and do this show here in New Zealand is because the thing that I know now that that six-year-old didn't know is the word takatapui. And mm. if I had known at the age of six that, sure, this conversation is happening, but way back when you you weren't wrong, it was existed, existed, it was acknowledged, it was celebrated, it would have been so freeing to me. So I kind of just want to scream as loud as I can, as far as I can, for as long as I can, that word. So six-year-olds out there now grow
0: up knowing this i wish i had you know yeah it's really powerful isn't it and very profound and and um, indigenous um, populations across the world prior to colonization were exactly the same so uh, and 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 religion religion played a a huge part of this as well Huge of of, of making it a, a negative um we're almost out of time but i'm just thinking going back to the tiny house so um yeah that's really exciting so you've moved into it now
1: yeah, I moved in late November. Um, I feel like I'm camping with certain things. Like, I haven't finished it yet. I'm still working in the bathroom, but I have everything I need. Um, it's a it's a different lifestyle to what I was used to, but I'm really proud of it. I'm really proud of um, – I built it myself. You know, I, every tile, I painted it. I didn't do the electricity or the plumbing. Don't worry. I'm not going to burn <laughs> myself down or drown myself. <laughs>
0: Well, you'll have, to, you'll have to send me some pictures. I'd love to see it, uh, um, to see what, what you did. A friend of mine um, is, is doing the same down in Marlborough. And uh, so uh, yeah, I, I applaud people who take the initiative and, and, and do that. Hey, um, Hayden, lovely to talk to you. All the best for Bad Guy. And I'm sure we'll catch up again very, very soon.
1: Thank you so much, Andrew. Thank you for having me.
0: That was Hayden T. His new show opens for two nights on February the 18th, 2022. Now, you can find lots more content on my website, andrewwhiteside.com. And while you're there, you can also sign up for my regular newsletters. I promise you they're very, very, very interesting. I am Andrew Whiteside. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you soon.